what's up, you guys? I'm Angel the Stranger, and welcome to my podcast, The Stranger Sessions. Just before we start, I want you guys to know that you have the freedoms to have your own opinions and convictions. They might be different from mine. That's totally okay. Um, I'm just here to share what I believe, what I've learned, and what I've found in the Bible and on my walk so far in Christ. Um, It would be cool if you could leave me a review on Apple Podcasts if you'd like to, or if you want to check out some of my posts, go ahead and head to my website at thestrangersessions.com. You can also contact me from my contact page on the same website. Um, I post here on this podcast every Wednesday at 12 p.m. Yeah, and otherwise live differently and enjoy another session. Welcome to my podcast, The Stranger Sessions. I'm Angel, and I'm here with another episode. You know, I probably would have completely forgotten about this, honestly. I probably would have just accidentally skipped this week's podcast episode. (laughs) But thankfully, I was reminded by a friend. Uh, Okay, so today we are in the next chapter of the Sadie Robertson's book, of live and by the way I'm not really reading the book to you or necessarily even going through what she went through or what her points were when I'm doing this um I'm just kind of basing my topics off of what she was talking about and the f- the next chapter is called where life is found and basically what she's talking about in this chapter is uh she's retelling the prodigal son story through a different light more modern and uh it's about a girl instead of uh a a son basically um so yeah i'm kind of out of it right now just so you guys know just (laughs) So, I have a few points today, and they're, I'm not really going to be going off of what Sadie did, because she did a retelling of The Prodigal Son, uh, which is cool. If you want to read that, go ahead, but I'm just going to be talking about several things today. So, we often see The, the Prodigal Son story, I'm sure... At least most of you know the Prodigal Son story. Um, If you don't, I will be reading it a little bit later. But um, we often see it as really extreme, I guess. We see it in a really extreme light because it was told in an extreme way. That, like, the son took his stuff and completely went and lived a terrible lifestyle. Um... When we can often be the prodigal son or daughter at any moment in time, it could be right now, it could be tomorrow, it could be last week, you know, um, and honestly, in a minor kind of way, I think that I actually went through something like this a couple, like, these last couple of weeks, um, since I've been working and just so many things have been going on right now I feel like I think I told you guys but I feel like we're just going through a really like tough season of life um by the way I'm in my bedroom and these walls are not soundproof at least the doors 
So I'm sorry if you hear background noises. Like the bathroom is like right next to my room. <laughs> Hopefully, I'm planning to work on getting more soundproof things because um, I'm going to be using the money that I have been earning at work to buy equipment for music production and I'm hoping to somehow find a way to make a soundproof booth or something because everyone's so loud in my house. Anyway, moving on. So, um, yeah. Where was I? Oh, so I, because I had been working, I had been working eight to four, five days a week, um, and that's pretty much full time, and I didn't have time to squeeze in, uh, a Bible study in the morning, and if I did, it was really rushed. Usually, I really like uh, a good amount of time, you know, and, you know, I didn't like it rushed. Anyway, so I was kind of failing on my Bible study and my, basically, time with the Lord, and it was really, uh, it was really affecting me. Um, I had also been skipping youth group, and I don't know, I'd just been tired, and so I wasn't, I wasn't getting what I needed, and I had been spending a lot of time in a secular environment, because at work, you know, you work with coworkers who were non-believers, who uh, definitely have different lifestyles than you, and I don't know, sometimes you just come home feeling dirty, and you just, and so I felt really distant, and I felt really overcome by so many things, like, so many temptations and, and tribulations. Well, like, tribulations, just like, uh, I feel like it was a, a season of trials, honestly. Like, not extreme, but it was a hard time. Um, and I just, I felt distant, and I felt heavy. I don't know, the burden on my shoulders was heavy. Um, and so... On on Sunday, I was just like, you know, I, I can't do this anymore. I had been overcome by this fear that I would, I, when it would come to the point where I had to make a really important decision, I wouldn't have the strength for it. And I kept telling myself, I'm like, I'm not relying on my own strength. Like, I'm relying on the Lord's strength. But because I felt distant and I felt like there were some things I needed to clear up, like, between me and God, like... I didn't feel like I could come to him with an open heart and be like, Lord, be my strength, because there was, like, this wall in between us, in a way, um, that hadn't been there previously, um, so, why is everyone being so loud? I just feel like they're trying to make as much noise as possible. Anyway... So, yeah, on Sunday, I was just like, and every time I'd been going to youth group, the Lord had been speaking to me, and I knew it for sure. Um, like, at one point, I was thinking about this one verse that Paul says, and it's like, everything is free to, like, I'm, a, I'm free to do everything, but not everything is beneficial to me. And I'm going to talk about that, because that was in the Sadie Robertson book. She was talking about that, but I had been thinking about that verse, and then, a couple of days later, I went to pick up the book, and I was like, 
I wonder if today I was meant to read this chapter and that's why I haven't been reading it the last two days or something. And I was right. And I don't think I was right. I think God put that in my heart so that I would know that he was speaking to me and responding and saying, yes, you are free to do anything. I've given you that freedom, but not everything is beneficial to you and you should not take that freedom. You should be wise and follow my instruction instead of embracing a freedom that will lead you to destruction. And I was like, Okay, okay. And every time I went to youth group on Friday, there was something that the Lord spoke through, to me through my pastor. Um, and it's just like every time I go to church now, it's like the Lord was calling me back to him, calling me back to him. Like, come back, come back. It's okay. Like, and I just felt, it just felt wrong because I felt distant. And so in a way, I felt like I can relate to this the prodigal son story, like, I didn't go off and, and begin sinning all over the place, but I did feel like I was not home anymore, um, and so I've been welcomed back to the Lord with open arms, just like it is in the story, and, and now I kind of, I feel like I'm stronger now because of it, because I know that he will be my strength. And despite hardship that I I go through and temptations, like, he will be my strength. And I know it's going to be okay. And I know that I am okay. Like, it's despite everything that's going on, I'm okay. And we are okay because we're still breathing and God is still working in our lives. Um, so if you have been going through like hardship as well, a a season in your life that is, has been difficult that I know some of you who are listening have definitely been going through this. I just advise you take it day by day, just moment by moment. Like right now, you're okay right now. Um, and in the next moment, maybe you'll be less okay or you'll be more okay. But despite it all, you, you are okay because your life is not in your hands. Your life is in God's hands. And he is working everything for the good of those who love him. So if you love God, you are okay. You will be okay. And you don't need to worry about it. I know it it hurts. It really does. But we're all going to be okay. And that's just what we need to hold on to. Because everything passes. Everything goes like every season of time comes to an end it's i think it's part of god's mercy that season of hardship comes to an end but also season of good times also come to an end it's just a mix that that makes up life and despite it all we are okay even if we're not great we're okay even if we're not dead we're okay so If you just keep that in mind, you will be okay. And then the verse of the day today that I saw in my Bible app said it's Mark 8, 35, which I felt like went hand in hand with what I was kind of trying to say today. And it says, if you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake and for the sake of the good news, you will save it. And this verse, I think it has a lot of different interpretations, but... I see it right now. If you try to hang on to your life, meaning 
if you try to hang on to your dreams, your wants, the things that you think are good for you, you will most likely lose it. You will lose that dream. You will lose that want. You will lose that whatever it is. You will lose it because, well, because. But if you give up your life for for the sake of Jesus, meaning you give it up, not give it up like you die for him, but if you give it up, meaning you will live life for him instead, you will make the decisions that he guides you to make and you will do the things that he says to do, then you will save your life in a way. And I know that's true because I have once pursued something that I thought would be my life and it was what I wanted and I lost it. And I know that if I had not lost it, I would be in destruction now. And so it was actually a blessing that I lost that one thing that I had cared so much about. Um, so I just see that verse in that light right now. And then Psalm 37 says, Delight yourself also in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of your heart. And that was like such a verse for me. Uh, like last year or so just because I wanted so many things I wanted so many things and I couldn't have them and it was so hard for me and I was like delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart and I was like why is that why is he not giving me what I want and the thing was because I wasn't delighting myself in him when you delight yourself in the Lord over time you realize that he's the only thing you want he's the only thing that you want and you know will give you what you need you will still want things I still want things all the time but I have it in mind that I want this but I know that in the end it's just going to be like everything else and it's not going to fill me up it's not going to change what I need which is ultimately a closer relationship with Christ um but also when you begin to delight yourself in the Lord and delighting yourself in the Lord basically means you just begin living for Christ. You be, you begin talking through, to him throughout the day, putting him first in the morning when you read your Bible or whatever you do. Um, you just keep him on your mind and on your heart. And that comes over time and you can't do it in your own strength. So make sure, make sure to ask the Lord to help you with his, your relationship with him because you can't do it on your own. But anyway, when you delight yourself in the Lord, you realize that he's the only thing you need and the only thing you ultimately want. And you begin to want what the Lord wants instead of what you want. Um, and so because you begin to want what the Lord wants for you, he gives you what you want because it's what he wants as well. So basically, you begin to get the desires of your heart because it's what he wants for you and that's not just materialistic things that can be a closer relationship with him forgiveness from somebody just uh fixing a relationship with somebody th that you care about like so um It's a hard thing to do. It took me a long time to finally begin to delight myself in the Lord. And obviously, you still go through things that are very human. Like, it's not like you become a super saint or anything. It's like, I still want so many things. And I still go through those times when my flesh really overcomes my spirit. And I just 
long for things that are not right for me. And so it's not like we're perfect. It's not like we're perfect at all when we begin to delight ourselves in the Lord. We're still human. It's just that deeper in our heart we understand the fact that this will pass. This will pass and all we need is really Jesus. And if we are focusing our eyes on Jesus and everything is going to be okay. And he will lead us. He will guide us. And he will give us what we need. And we will be okay. And then Psalm 84 says, For the Lord God is our sun and our shield. He gives us grace and glory. The Lord will withhold no good thing from those who love him. Oh, no. The Lord will withhold... No good thing from those who do what is right. There we go. <laughs> um, so, this verse is kind of hard to take in because it's literally saying that if you do what is right, basically, like, obviously we all do our best, so it's not like if you're perfect or anything, but basically it's saying that the Lord will not withhold anything that is good for you. He will give it to you. If it's good for you, he will give it to you. So if he took something away from you, if he has taken something from you, if he's taking it away from you right now, it's the, it's the painful truth, honestly. Then it's not good for you. It's not good for you. And it's really hard to hear. I know that. I've been through it. But, and I can see in hindsight, I can see that it was not good for me. It wasn't. And maybe it's just not good for you right now. Maybe it will be good for you later. Or maybe it will never be good for you. But if you are submitting yourself and your life to the Lord, it's going to be okay because He has something better in mind. Oftentimes, Christ... No, I mean... Oftentimes... Sorry... Trying to get myself together here. The devil uses this one tactic oftentimes in our lives. Imagine, I'm going to use a funny analogy here. Let's see. There is a... <laughs> oh my gosh. Think of the best car that you want someday <laughs> like the what do you what's your dream car and just think of that and God has that in store for you later on the thing is that you're not ready for it yet maybe you can't drive maybe you don't have a permit maybe if you try driving right now you're gonna get in a wreck and ruin that car and that's why God is not letting you have it yet and so, he has that in time for you. Like, oh, you just need to wait a little longer. Hold on, just just be patient. Or maybe there's a different car that's not your dream car, but it's way better for what you're going to need it for uh, later. Um, my dad is saying something up there. <laughs> but anyway, so he has that later for you and he knows that that is the best car for you, especially at the time that you're going to need it. Maybe you need a truck later in life because you need to haul things around. Maybe you need a, like a minivan because you have too many friends and you need to, you know, he knows what you need and what's going to be best. And that's why he's giving that to you later. But right now, maybe you're just like just by yourself and single and you don't really need any 
storage. And so the devil comes along and is like, he wants to ruin this. So he's like, yo, check out this shiny bike I have for you. Check it out. Isn't it great? Look at it. It's so shiny. It rides smoothly. It's fast. You can go places with it. Check it out. The problem with this bike is the fact that you don't realize it, but the chain is really broken. <laughs> I'm good at this. And this bike is going to take you down a road that will lead you to a really bad crash and you get hit by a bus and you die. So, oftentimes the devil will be like, hey, look at this bike I have for you. And we're like, ooh, looks so cool right now. All I'm doing is walking on my feet. I really want a bike. And obviously it's not the bike in the car. I'm just giving these as examples. So oftentimes we get on that bike and we're like, yo man, look at this. And we're so excited about it. And we think that we can finally go to what will make us happy. And God's like, no man, no. He's, the devil is trying to get you to get, to take what is good. He's distracting you from what is best for you. He's distracting you from what is the greatest thing, the, the awesomest car with that little shiny bicycle. He, he does that all the time in life. He will tempt us with something we see in our own eyes as good to lead us away and destroy our future, which could have been great if we wait on the Lord. So don't take that bicycle unless it is God's will for you. If he's taking that bicycle away from you, don't, don't hold on. Let him take it because you don't know. Maybe you have a Corvette in the future. And if you take this dingy bike, that'll end you up in a, in the hospital because you got hit by a school bus. Like, just don't hold on to it because you don't know. So, <sighs> okay. And then next thing is I'm going to read you the actual story of the prodigal son so that, I don't know, it seems fitting, right? Luke 15, 11 through 32. Then he said, a certain man, had, this is Jesus talking, a certain man had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that fails, up falls to me, not fails. So he divided to them his livelihood, and not many days after, the younger gathered all together, journeyed to a far country, and there wasted his possessions with prodigal living. I'm just going to briefly explain here really quick. Basically, a guy had two, two sons, and they both had an inheritance from him, and, uh... I think they got it maybe at one point when they're 18 kind of thing, except in Bible times it was probably a lot older. So this son was most likely not a teenager. Uh, people actually say he was much older than that, but that doesn't really matter. The thing is that he was like, yo, dad, can I just have my money now so that I can go do what I want? Like, I want to do that. And so the dad was like, uh, and since this guy was not a child anymore, as that's what I, at least that's what I've heard. Um, the father consented to what he wanted because this kid was not a kid anymore. He was an adult and he was going to make his own decisions. 
So he's like, okay, but obviously I don't think the father was happy with that. But that's not what I'm trying to say. Basically, this kid, not a kid, took his inheritance and he went away and he wasted all his possession with uh, wicked living, basically. But when he had spent it all, there arose a severe famine in that land and he began to be in want. So uh, he spent all his money. He had nothing. A severe famine came, so there was no food. And he was poor and broke and hungry. Then he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country. And he sent him to into his fields to feed swine. And he would gladly have filled his stomach with the pods that the swine ate. And no one gave him anything. So this kid... He's not a kid, but anyway. So he went to this one guy, and he went to work with work for this man because he needs food, right? So he has to work. So his job was to go feed the pigs. And the thing was that he was so hungry and so broke that he would have ate what the pigs were eating. But nobody gave that, him even that. And so uh, you can see what he did by taking what... By taking what he thought was good and would make him happy, he ended up in a pig pen, broke, hungry, and it just led to this destruction that he didn't see was coming because he saw what was good, right? Um, and when he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have bread enough to spare? And I perished with hunger. And he's like, so basically he's like sitting there and he just suddenly understood that there are so many people there his father's servants at the house ate and were not hungry and so he was like the servants where i used to live who used to serve me are better off than me right now and so obviously he understood what he had done was stupid and so he says i will rise and go to my father and will say to him Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you, and I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. But when he was still a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion, and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight, and I am no longer worthy to be called your son. So I heard my pastor said this, that, the father saw him coming a long way off because he had been watching for him. The father had not just given up on his son being like, okay, well, I guess never seen that dude again. But no, he actually stood outside and watched and waited for his son to return to him. And when he finally returned, he was not angry with him. He had compassion and he was merciful and he forgave his son immediately and was ready to open, with open arms, receive him back into what he had before and um and that's an image of god that's how god is when you are distant from him when you have wandered from him when you have maybe completely rejected him he does not just be like okay and just goes home like no he stands outside day and night and he waits and he watches that road and waits to see your shape come over the hill and come towards him and he he did he's overjoyed when you finally come back home he's just so happy and he runs to you and he obviously he's not physical to us but what i'm saying is just like the way the father embraced his son and then he did uh 
he said. But the father said to his servants, Bring out the best robe, and put it on him, and put a ring on his hand, and sandals on his feet, and bring the fatted calf here, and kill it, and let us eat and be merry. For this is my, for this my son was dead, and he is alive again, and he was lost and is found. And they began to be merry. So, he was not like, he didn't make his son, give his son like the silent treatment. Or like ignore him or something, you know. He ran to him. He embraced him. He hugged him, and and he threw a party because he was so excited. That's just an image of God, basically. This parable is to show how God is with you. If you have been wondering, if you have been, you know, distant like I was, like he's waiting for you to come back. He's calling you. And when I was in that time where I was feeling really distant from him I could feel him I could feel him calling me back being like come on come back here come like I could feel that like because he he's not just gonna let go of you he's going to pursue you he's gonna wait and watch for you to come home so uh I have a couple more notes we chase things that we think will make us happy and often when the Lord is pursuing us we lose it so that we can come back to him I've seen it so many times even in my life where really our our like the desire that is the strongest within the human society is to be happy we chase things that will make us happy we eat because we're hungry because if we're not hungry then we're sad and we feel bad so we want to be happy and we want to feel good and you know it's just with everything basically we have friends because we're happy and it's fun and we we have a good time like that's why that's the drive in our human society and you can you can see that with uh, people who are non-believers they're chasing happiness in every possible way because they cannot find it the only place you can find true joy is in Christ and even us as believers oftentimes try chasing things that are not the Lord's will for us and we think that they will make us happy and oftentimes we lose that thing and there are two ways you can go about it, as far as I know. Um, when you lose something, you can go into a, a bitterness. You can go into a depression. And you can go into a terrible place where that is far from God. You can go there. And I was there for like six months. <laughs> or you can turn to Christ and you can share with him your hurt and your burden and everything because he's been through it and he understands better than anyone and he truly loves you and that is why you lost that thing so he took that so that you can come back to him that's what happened in my life he took what I had been pursuing so that I would come to him and know him better than I had ever known before so come back to him but come back differently come and know him Come and know him personally and and not just about him, but know his heart. See his heart. See him move. Give him everything and in hindsight, you'll see that he was leading you along and that was the best thing that ever happened to you. For me, the worst thing that ever happened to me was the best thing that ever happened to me. And it's really weird to know, but it's true. So, he wants you and he's giving you everything. So, give it back to him. Give your life back to him. Give him your everything just give it back to him okay that's all for today you guys 
I'll see you next Wednesday. If you want to, go on my website. I haven't posted anything on it for a long time because I really don't do that. <laughs> um, if you want to, leave me a review on Apple Podcasts if that's something you want to do. Uh, but otherwise, live differently and peace out.